Hello, welcome to Discussions with Colors. Uh, I'm here today, Professor Orange with... Big Red Booty. And the Brown Bomber. Uh, it's been a minute since we've done a podcast. Uh, a couple couple things going on, COVID, other uh, reasons, mostly just laziness. I'll, I'll blame it on COVID like everything else, but it's mostly just laziness. Uh, what have you been up to, Big Red Booty? It's been a while since we've heard from you. Uh, you know, try to get at the bag, that's all. The bag, bag, yeah, bag, try bag. Try to get that money, that's oh, what I'm okay. saying. Gotcha. And uh, today we have the Brown Bomber. Um, kind of just brought brought our buddy on here. He said he wanted to talk about some interesting topics, so we brought him on to talk about some interesting things. Again, it's no religion, no politics. Um, try to you know refrain from any noises outside of the conversation or anything else as much as we can. We should have called you the Gold Grill. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Explain why you just said that. Uh, yeah, because uh, he got gold teeth. Fourteen <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah, it's really cool. Alright, so the Brown Bomber, question one through four. Pick right. one. Can't, you can't see over here. <laughs> I see. Oh, 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 don't read it? <laughs> yeah, don't I'm not looking through your hand. Okay. I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> no, no, I was trying to put my head up to face the mic instead of looking at the floor. Oh, it, it'll pick up anything. Uh, don't even worry about it. Right, I'll look at my feet again. <laughs> <laughs> Far away, man. Well, I need you that. Have to pick a number. Pick a number one through four. Any number. Number two. Number like two. the brown bomber. There you go. <laughs> Question is: Do you think our clothes affect the way we think, and if so, how much? So you can start it off. It's kind of all off the cuff here. Yeah, that is a weird question. Like, I think clothes affect the way you feel. Because, mm -hmm. like, you look good, you feel good, you perform good. So and that clothes make the man. Yeah. So it, I guess, in that aspect, it does affect how you think. It's oh, if you're kind of ragged and gross and whatever, you're probably in a rush to get home so you can get unfeeling that way. As if you're, you know, cool and comfortable because you don't have on sweaty or dirty clothes, you're probably less in a rush to get out of that situation, so uh, I think um, clothing absolutely affects you. Okay. Yeah. Big red booty and then sad. Yeah, I was going to say that I really don't, you know, keep up with any, like, decent fashion or anything like that. I'm always unkempt, personally, but I actually do feel like clothes uh, matter. I think that it especially matters to most people in society. I feel like a lot of people will judge other people based on the clothes that they choose to wear, you know, to see if you're wearing like raggedy, raggedy clothes or whatever, they probably have a lower opinion of you. You sitting here looking, you know, ghetto or whatever, they probably think you're ghetto. Yeah. Um, and I think there is something to, to say about like wearing nice clothes too, because I feel like it does give you like a boost of confidence, you know, you walk around, you feel like you look better, feel like you know you. Even if you don't actually have anything important going on, you kind of do feel a little bit more important. Hmm. So. Creme de la creme, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then like you know, just clothes make the man. <laughs> I, it, it, it's something that I've been uh, actually been thinking about lately. Uh, I've been wanting to improve my wardrobe, and you know, I'm starting to get close to thirty now, so I want to put all that childish shit behind me and start like getting a more mature. Button-up shirts. Yeah, nice, nicer shirts and 
hopefully that'll give me a little bit more energy too to try to pursue some more productive activities, you know, instead mm -hmm. of just looking like trash all the time. Motivating yourself through your attire. Yeah, exactly. I think that there is something to that. I went through a phase where I tried to do button-up shirts. That lasted all of a week. <laughs> it's not for everyone, I guess. It's a lifestyle I'll change. do the collar shirts, the collar polos, love them. Yeah. But like Oxfords, very limited. Funerals, weddings, yeah. court, job and I always feel like I'm stuffy when I'm wearing too much clothing, honestly. Like you were saying, you want to feel, re like some people want to feel relaxed. I'm one of those relaxed people. Like I, I like to just have really loose clothes. Not like too, too loose, but enough where it shuffles around my, my, my ankles or my legs a little bit. That way I have breathable material and... Uh, I can't stand like uh, you, you were saying earlier. If you're if you're having like a, you feel kind of dirty and raggedy. And it's al it's almost unrelated to clothes, but it's not at the same time. But if I feel if I eat something shitty or I just feel dirty, I, I do want to get home to shower and feel better. Because yeah, it kind of like clouds my yeah yeah kind of clouds my my thoughts in a weird way. Like it, it gets to me. That's strange to say, but it does eventually get to me and start to affect uh, how I perform and everything. Honestly. Yeah, it's hygiene, man. It's just like, if I have too much dirt under my fingernails, mm -hmm. I'll go clip them. Or if I get too much scuff on my face and it makes me go to itching, mm -hmm. I don't want it off. It's just, I don't know. I guess I'm a, I don't know if I'm a pretty boy or I just like that stuff. I, I think uh, I might be misremembering this. Mm -hmm. This is like one of the lesser known psychological things, but I do know that psych in psychology, your brain likes to compartmentalize uh, different things. So it likes to arrange everything in sections. So your brain creates associations with certain things, like it'll associate this room with this activity and this thing with this thing. So uh, probably the brain also associates, you know, if you wear your uniform or some nice formal clothes or something like that, it probably does boost your motivation towards doing something more productive. Like say if you were just, I don't know, in your underwear or chilling or whatever, like some loose clothing at, at the house or whatever, like you probably wouldn't want to be motivated to like do something more productive, you know? It, it took me a long time to become more open-minded about clothes. I know when I was younger, I wanted to just dress as urban as possible. And then as I got older, I started thinking like, hey, it's not going to kill me to put on some loafers or hey, these khakis look pretty damn nice. Maybe I should wear them. Or, I, I don't know if you want to bring it up, but I remember you talking about your wife too. Uh, yeah, she made me, uh, I, I, I realized like since COVID, I've been wearing gym clothes all day every day because I'm still work out, but I had no reason to change. I wasn't going to work. I wasn't going to school. I was doing that over the internet. So when I would go out on a day or whatever, I'd still be in gym clothes, and I realized, man, like, I know my wife has to, uh, that, that can't be too impressive to a woman. Maybe it is time to start putting on dressier clothes. No, I was talking about, like, uh, her change of attire, you said it was respectful. Oh, oh, uh, well, with women, I think with, um, a lot it, it really, you know, so much with the wife, it, it was more so with, like, clothes shopping for, like, the little girl and stuff like that. Oh, 
the new generation makes it so hard because a lot of these stores only sell short shorts or ripped up shorts and it, it, it's mm. really hard to find appropriate stuff that send out the right message that's and, terrible yeah i mean like we used to go to route 21 for everything and now even they're kind of they're kind of corrupted uh walmart walmart's pretty bad about it oh uh, but there's only a few places that we found that are good and that's like old navy billards and every now and then like i don't know if y'all are like ever bargain hunt but sometimes you can find some heat like in the thrift stores or in the yeah it's mostly where we get our stuff it's yeah thrift stores. he likes to go to goodwill and shit <laughs> go to goodwill uh dirt cheap every once in a while for some stuff they still sell things at uh, like higher prices sadly Somebody i bought some chap oh sorry i bought some chap shirt oh oh sweat sweaters out of there yeah sometimes i'll have some good stuff uh it's particular for sure that is kind of sad they don't have any uh, things like cover more, more for kids. Yeah. <laughs> saying with kids, right? Yeah, man, this, this generation is yeah, becoming degenerate, you know, You've seen how some of these little girls do it. Like, they'll have their shirt tied up where, like, their belly button's showing, and they'll have yeah. on these shorts that are way above their knees, and it's like... Yeah. These girls that, 11, 12 years old, it's like y'all are asking for too much at these ages. I wonder so. if that has anything to do with uh, the fact that this generation... Uh, has grown up with the internet from day one. Like with our generation, you know, we had the internet, but we really didn't get into it until like 14. Well, we're just 15, over, set, over you know? sexualizing everything, I think. Yeah, but you, you can also, even if you like go to YouTube or something, you know, like, thumbnails are filled right. with like titty, like cleavage and yeah. all that shit, you know, like it's, it's hyper sexualized, like you yeah. said. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like when we were kids, like. I'm 32, and if your parents did not pay for HBO or Cinemax, you had to like look through blue squid and red and black squiggly lines mm -hmm. to see a quarter of a half of an inch of a nipple. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was hard work to masturbate in the. <laughs> In the, in the <laughs> I remember when I was a teenager, man, it would take like an, in the internet connection, it was shit too. Like, it would take like an hour to load up a page just to see a picture. And like three loading screens and shit. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there with y'all, but I do remember when it was really late at night. Uh, Eric was a pure boy. When, when I was, well, I was sheltered pretty bad. But uh, I remember really late at night, I had regular TV. It had like channel 6, 8, 32, 16, 49, and 54. I remember them all still. And I remember. On, I think it was WB, which was 38 at the time. If you were up late enough, Girls Gone Wild oh, would come on. Yeah. And they would all be covered up, but you would see some curves and things, and I'd be like, see the underlooking? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, now they don't care. Like, now, like, back in the day, mm -hmm. they used to edit curse words off of basic cable. Mm -hmm. You had to pay for HBO or Cinemax or Showtime to hear a cuss word. Now, they, they say, all the cuss words on Comedy Central, I know for a fact, mm -hmm. and you get a lot of uncensored stuff online too. If you like go on YouTube channels or whatever, they're gonna curse and they're not gonna bleep themselves, you know. Not the most higher standards for YouTube. Uh, Twitch well, curse. they've been cracking down more, but some um, people that don't give a shit about advertisement, if they don't give a fuck about the ad revenue, then they're not gonna bleep themselves, and they're not obligated to bleep themselves either. Well, that's uh, that's opposite of how they've been treating everything else. YouTube. The only thing that keeps me from getting paid on YouTube is like when I like go to a car show and I uh, 
I'll do recording people giving demos, and of course the demo involves music, mm-hmm. and I'll get copyrighted. But I just go ahead and get copyrighted and take not getting paid on that one video, mm-hmm. so people might want to stick around and click on the next video. Yeah. So it's like you're advertising for yourself. Yeah. It's like. Sure, I may not get paid on this one, but I might get paid on three more. Um, okay, well, we went over that quite well. I mean, we almost entered into politics, but we, we stayed out of that world. Well, I felt like we could have went from the child sexualization thing. That to, had nothing to do with politics. Yeah, I think it could have happened though. It, it was, it was, we were almost there. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to a different question. I'll pick the number this time. Let me pick three. Number three. I'm sure you've heard the Freudian theory that we look for versions of our own parents as adults to settle down with. If any characteristics, which do you think your potential future life partner may have that your parents do have too? I want to get what I'm getting at there. What? Characteristics. Yeah, so is it, does do it, I look for in my wife that my mother has also? Yeah. Is that where we're going? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you're already married, so I mean, you, yeah. you can fit. Yeah, <laughs> does I, your I wife could... have any comparison to your mother or no? They're both short. Mm. Uh, they're both different races, like totally opposite. <laughs> one's white, one's black. Okay. Uh, let me see. I mean, uh, personality traits of any sort. Is uh, is your wife really? You know, I don't know. My, my wife and Professor my, Orange's wife is not at all like my mother. I don't think so. Uh, maybe in one way. Um, I had it now. I just lost it though. <laughs> uh, but I'll use an example. Say like they both drive you up a wall. <laughs> no, nag me. <laughs> no, I uh, say so. My wife's really into animals. Say my mother was really into like loving animals and you know, dogs, cats, and wildlife and stuff like that. That could be something that was connected, but that that isn't the case. They could have uh, interests in common or personality traits. Uh, like he was saying, they could both be nags. <laughs> my wife loves reptiles, but my mom doesn't have any pets. They both can't see. Mm-hmm. Oh. It could be, it, it could be <laughs> opposites too, in my opinion. But uh, Freud said that you look for likenesses. Yeah, uh, I think the question is like, do you? Basically, what Freud was saying was that when you're looking for a, par- a partner, you're looking for a partner that's like your mother. Mm-hmm. Or for your, if, if it's a woman, they're looking for somebody that's like their father. Mm-hmm. So you basically you're trying to look for. They're both the most beautiful angelic women I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Found, found the answer. <laughs> Just in case the wife uh, hears this podcast later. <laughs> there, there is something about. Uh, my wife, that is, like my mother, I think it's how, I think they have like the same kind of mentality towards kindness, uh, the way they, the way they're kind to people and express it is very similar, I think. In what way is that? It's hard to define, it's, that's why I define it that way in a vague way, it's hard to define, it's just like almost you like You didn't tell me anything! It's almost like I can, I can, I can... Is it conditional kindness? I can feel like the same kind of, uh... Expression or devotional kindness, or something like that. Uh, it's more like um, helping people, how they express their uh, sympathy towards people in need, that mm. sort of thing. Mine's kind of like that. She, uh, she's sort of big on like helping homeless people. Like 
she, you know, if she has a little change or whatever, she'll give that to him. But if the, she knows they're hungry, per se, like, mm-hmm. she'll run by the house, make a few sandwiches, or, like, if we have a to-go box in the car, because we just left a restaurant, she'll give it to them. Y'all attend, sh- y'all attend uh, church regularly, too? Not anymore. Not really? I mean, I read the Bible still, but we quit going. I'm not going to get into that right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's too awkward right now, but, uh, maybe off recording i'll talk about that but uh yeah i mean she's even changed how i view like stuff like that because back in the day it's like oh uh, they're just gonna go do whatever with it screw them i'm gonna keep my money i'm gonna keep going but mm-hmm. they changed how i i even view it. it's like man help them it, it's not up to me what they do with the money or, mm-hmm. the, or the gift of yeah my, my personal philosophy i know this is off, off the uh, topic but my personal philosophy for uh giving money to, like, uh, beggars and stuff like that. I know a lot of people distrust beggars, and they think that they're, you know, either fakes or just people that are trying to get drugs or drinks or something like that. But mm-hmm. my, my whole thing is uh, I would rather give money to somebody that's lying than to withhold money from somebody that's telling the truth, that they actually need something to eat and they're starving, you know. So I, I would rather be taken, you know, taken as gullible, than to deprive somebody of a meal if they're actually telling the truth. Um, honestly, where we live, you can we have so many panhandlers here. And don't, don't say where we are. I know one of them. There's a really famous fake one. But yeah, I was going to say, you can pretty much keep track of the ones that are fake here to an extent. So you're not going to get it as you know, swindled as often. You know? Yeah. We, uh, I don't know. I'll never, I'll, I'm going to get back. I'm going to say this when we get back on the topic. But... I'll never ever forget this. I was taking the delivery. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna say where, but I'm not gonna say any street names. Okay. I think it's the Red Roof Inn that's on the side of Rouse's. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Or okay. maybe it was a jury inn. What is that? The, with the little red sign. It's like right there before the TA. Oh, it's about the Red Roof place. Yeah. Yeah. So I went. I went over there. I was delivering over there. And there's these three older guys. They all had beards. They they looked like they probably had better days. And like for a minute there, I was like, I don't know. I just had this moment where I was thinking, I was like, man, oh, what if God sends himself down in like other forms to see like, would you really? Show him the love if he same love as if he came down majestically than if he came down uh, broken disgusted. I, I understand. I, like, uh, I understand that line of logic. Um, I have a similar thought, but uh, I'm sorry. One of the rules is like no religion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, if you, if you I, I brought up church earlier. You, you can, my bad. If you I'm just wrap it up like with like oh you know. Well, I'm not. I'm not even saying any particular higher power. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, a, kind a loving being strangers. from okay. wherever, like, yeah. uh, I'm not I'm not big on forts and stuff, so that's yeah. not where I'm going. Yeah, it's something I would be interested in talking about. But like, yeah, so I was like, rules. maybe I should uh, help these guys, and all that. I, I try not to, you know, talk about when I do stuff, because I feel like a lot of doing a good deed is doing that and never mentioning it again, just yeah. letting that yeah. person yeah. know, but... Uh, I don't know. I feel like I probably, it did more for me 
by helping these guys mm-hmm. than it did probably for them. I mean, there wasn't a lot of them at all, but it was just the interaction. Did you, did you give them a couple bucks or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Each. There was a few of them. Yeah, but to close out the topic real quick, I can give my opinion. Um, uh, I know for sure I would not want a woman that's like my mom. My mom's psychotic. That's why I said you could. That's why I said you could. You could want the opposite. Yeah, yeah, she's completely psychotic. If anything, I'd be looking for like the polar opposite of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother mostly raised me, so I could, you know, I could possibly see some getting somebody like my grandmother. But at the same time, I don't know. It's kind of for me. I, I would prefer like a competent woman that's. I, the, the, the number one thing for me is loyalty. Mm-hmm. Everything else is negotiable. I, I really, I don't give a fuck about anything else. Of course, I have preferences physically and Boom, you know, like personality Boom. wise or whatever. As long as you're loyal, that's it. Huh? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, loyal, loyal. loyal. Yeah, loyalty is the one thing for me. Nothing else uh, matters. Don't, I mean, don't be a total freeloader, but but if, if I was able to like craft a woman. I would like somebody that's like pretty competent. Now I don't have to like sit there and coddle them, you know. Yeah. Uh, and my grandmother, she's more traditional, so she. I mean, yeah, I guess in that way she's kind of competent, but she's not like competent in the way I'm thinking. Hmm. So. You know, I uh, I'm at this. God, I need to try to kill it, but. Oh, go ahead. My my mom and wife, they do have one major thing in common. They both have like a really giving personality, like. They will give me, uh, one of the kids, whoever, like, mm-hmm. but I, I've seen it with me personally towards me. They give me heck of less. Like, they're really loving people, like, not even having to ask or anything. Like, they're just really nice, loving people, you know? So, I mean, that is something they share in common. And they're short. I love short women. I like shorter girls too, but I, I, I don't mind like a taller girl. I really, so, like if your personality, so yeah. Well, if your personality is cool, I, I can overlook a lot. Like, what if she's six two? Uh, huh? What if she's six? I don't give a shit, man. I'll do it. So she looks down on you. That's fine. Whatever. What if she puts her arm around if she, you? If she uh, if she's down for it, I know that's mostly a thing that like women have a problem with. They prefer a taller man, but if she's okay with it, then I mean, I think, I think some guys have uh, issues with it because there's definitely like a like an instinct. At least I felt that I've, I've disregarded where like a taller a taller woman is looking down on me, and I'm trying to you know talk to her, and I think she's good looking or whatever when I was single. Single. And I was like, part of me was like, man. I'm I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna feel kind of weird. Like I, part of me felt like uh like insecure looking looking up at them, yeah. and uh and I ignored that feeling. But I, I feel like that is an issue. For I think a lot for those guys. tall girls, they, it is for me. I think they just get over it because they kind of understand that their height is unnatural, and you're re- it's really gonna be hard to find a partner taller than them. So they yeah. probably just said, you know, fuck it. You gotta think about it. All all kinds of girls are after. Um, Tall guys, and mm-hmm. then the tall girls are after the tall guys. But then there's I know a they got lot a lot of uh, da- after all those on guys. a lot of dating profiles. They'll be like, if you're not six feet or over, don't talk to me. Well, we've talked about it. This <laughs> podcast, we're not to go over that again. But like, you know, what I'm saying the real. I, but it might be the so, some really short guys, like really tall girls. Like yep. it could be the because opposites attract, man. Like yep. it's, it's there's, a, there's a guy I was working with uh, in my last job. 
He was say, he said he's really attracted to tall girls, and he's like five foot two. No, he likes the Amazons. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll, yes, what he say? He's like, mm-hmm. Amazon, Amazonians. That's that's what I want. I wonder if he's like a masochist, man. Uh, he's a strange guy, but he's really nice. Only one of the nicest strangers now I've ever dominated, met. Dominated by a nice tall woman. Is that <laughs> Or maybe babied by like a big mother or something yeah, like I, that. that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know him that well. <laughs> motherly affection. Man, we get pretty weird. Hey, I'm not even gonna lie. This ain't even the, the surface of it, man. It's <laughs> like nothing. Yeah. Like in my house, some things are weird, man. But I love it. <laughs> it's pretty much normal. Weird is normal these days. Let's uh, let's move on. Okay, so big red booty, one or four? Number one. Number one. Number one. Cause you number one. Hell yeah. In ten years, how do you think the kids of the generation after us will be as adults? They're fucked. We're all fucked. So I like to expand on that. Yes. I mean, besides that earlier topic of how everything's getting more degenerate, I mean, millennials and Gen Z, it's just, it's it's a shit show, honestly. I think uh, internet is corrupting the minds of the youth. Uh, I think we're getting more and more shallow. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I just, it's just, it's just shitty. <laughs> In ten years, well, seeing how the millennials turned out, how they're spoiled rotten, and Gen Z is not too much better, uh, I really don't see too much hope. And I, I mean, I really can't get too far into it without getting political. So mm. I'll just say that I, I don't have too much hope. Okay. It's a rule, man. Brown Bomber is up number two. God, I love these shitty jokes. <laughs> number two. That's a play on my Brown Bomber. Uh, so, yeah. This new generation is going to be the dumbest one ever because no one's going to go to school because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just going to sit around and stream Fortnite. Mm-hmm. No one, there's going to be no doctors or lawyers, and just a bunch of Fortnite And somebody that has a sister that's in this generation, mm-hmm. I can actually agree with you, because all she does is fucking play Fortnite. And she, has, she, hasn't even, she hasn't even had her first job yet, and she's already 18. I had my first job at 16. I was, I was honestly ashamed that it took me that long to get a job. Yeah, I was a burger flipper. Because yeah, the previous generations always talking about, oh man, I was working since I was 12 years old and blah blah blah, and I walked five miles to school and blah blah, you know. My first job was at Wendy's, and uh, we had we got these DVDs called "Living the Legacy of Dave Thomas." And I, <laughs> And they was talking about how their burgers were square oh, because yeah, they don't cut corners. And I pawned my Wendy's training DVD in my senior year to buy a Nick bag of weed. <laughs> like, I pawned a Wendy's training video. That's pretty, wow. That's pretty Bro, cool. if you would have hung on to that, I bet it would have been really valuable, man. That sounds like something people would want. Who are these people? Bro, they got some weirdos out there. Yeah, it might be so ridiculous that somebody some weird, wants to they, buy they, it. They have some people that like like really just strange... Like the food handling course on yeah, VHS yeah, or yeah. something. Clutches uh, item, man. Yeah. Food handling course sucked. Did y'all ever have to go to one of those? Like, they put you straight to sleep. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I, watch videos. I never took it, but I know a lot of people that did take it. They didn't make me do it here, but they did when I lived in Alabama. Hmm. Um, 
What do you think? Oh, I was just thinking, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the next generation? So, uh, for the most part, there are thoughts like uh, Big Red said. I think that everything's overly sexualized, like we know, went over earlier. I think that they're taught to care even more about what everyone else thinks of them to the degree where they'll harm themselves more likely. So they're more dependent on society, and because they're more dependent That's on society... That's a good society, point. I didn't even bring up social and media. So society is volatile, and pretty much people are constantly looking for what's called the, the drop mic, the mic drop joke. Yeah. And the reason a mic drop works is because there's build-up. But literally everyone's like, mic drop, mic drop, mic drop, mic drop. So none of the jokes are funny, and none of the comments are funny or good. It just, it just comes off as condescending They're just stupid. mean. And I think that's just, it's pretty much just people are being taught to bully each other. And uh, everyone's just going to be the victim they at got, the end of it. Everyone's going to be hurt over it. They have a lot of uh, young people uh, in middle school that end up killing themselves from e-bullying and shit mm -hmm. like that. Yep. Suicide rates are really up here. Oh right man, they've shot up. Mm -hmm. All from COVID. I mean, not just because of it, but I mean, there's other stuff against other yeah. people. It's like you were saying too, uh, that's that's probably a little known fact. Maybe not Gen Z, but the generation after uh, COVID, I think, is going to define uh, this decade. The, uh, the common depression and the way COVID has affected society. And it's going to uh, define the decade and the next generation, so it's going to be interesting to see how they react to things. According to some of the doctors here, there is uh, certain schools where, like, mm -hmm. suicide is a big deal, at, like, where it's happened quite a few times. So, like, and, we're, and we're just talking about, like, a normal little high school. We're not talking about, like, colleges and stuff. Like, I mean... It's rough being a kid these days. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking mean as shit to each other. Another thing, too, is that parents have been neglecting their kids a lot more, too. They just throw, like, an iPad in front of them and just yep. waltz off. And yep. now the Internet is teaching the kids of uh, the next generation instead of being reared by their parents. Yep. They're not used to human interaction, potentially, which is very harmful. So they don't even know how to talk to each other in person. And then they're so dependent on technology, and that's all they know. That basically was their parent, like you're saying. So they're like, this is what I need to learn from, and then they become, you know, attached to that, and attached to the comments and the, the acceptance of all these strangers who they don't even know. And they all want to get that 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 zinger out so they can feel good about get that dopamine hit, you know? Yeah, you gotta get that. Uh, you gotta have a lot of followers, a lot of likes. Like none of that should fucking matter. It, it puts this importance on. Yeah, it's uh, not playing ball. Yeah, exactly. Riding a bike. They're placing all of their importance in gathering, like you know. Attention. And I'm not saying none of that can't be fun, but I personally, my experience, and I know this is uh, anecdotal, but I, I think the most fun I've ever had is throwing a ball outside and riding a bike and exploring my neighborhood with yeah, my friends. Maybe our generation was the last one that really played outside a lot because I played. I was outside all the time. I've, I've had both worlds: playing video games and being a little bit a part of social media. I've never been yeah. interested in it, but being outside and playing video games, I had both. And honestly, playing outside was so much better than playing video games. Are are you? is like that though. He's all boy. He'll, he'll go outside sun down to sun up. Don't get it twisted. He, he, he'll get a little trouble here and there, but mm -hmm. he, he's outside. He's he, He'll get on the game, mm -hmm. but he saves that for nighttime. He yeah. saves that for when we, like, alright, come on in. It's, it's a good mix, yeah. Man, uh, 
I feel sorry for you, Eric, man. It's going to be hell raising a daughter in this environment. But we're not, we're not giving her any, like, she's already attracted to phones. Like, it's annoying. So, like, reach for your phone if you're just, like, holding her and trying to do something real fast. I'm like, no, and put it away. Yeah, we won't give ours a phone. Like, we're just, like, we've tried that, and we realized that just because every other parent does it at the elementary schools and the middle schools doesn't mean we have to follow their lead because they're too quick to want to jump into TikTok, Snapchat, and ID. And that's just too many perverts out there. Yep. And there yep. There's too many people. They, they could be scheming on something behind Shit, the parents' back without, like, a parent even being able to overview it. You even know? when we were growing up, man, middle school was disgusting. I don't know how your middle school experience was, but back in my middle school, they were cursing. That, that, that was the most cursing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I've worked offshore around sailors that drop F-bombs every two seconds. Mm. You know, middle school kids curse more than any other demographic I know. And they talk about sex a ton. and yeah, Everybody's in a rush to like do degenerate shit. Drugs, sex, was a lot sex, faster all that. now than it was. I know, man. And that, that was, I'm talking about like, this, this was our sex. generation when we didn't have internet. Now, you, you can watch hardcore porn right out of your mom's womb. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. they, uh, oh. Yeah, and everything, everything I mean, on the it was internet. high school that sucked for me. Yeah, everything on the internet pushes you towards that type of lifestyle too. It ma makes you want to do that type of shit. Mm -hmm. so. I actually thought it was funny that a lot of movies and shows will show like the characters constantly drinking alcohol and they'll be like, we're pretty cool. But then, I, you know, you, you realize if you've ever been an alcoholic in any sense of the matter, when you drink all the time, you're kind of miserable <laughs> because it drives you out. Like they look beautiful, but they're drinking all the time. That's what I'm trying to say. They look beautiful, but they're drinking all the time. But that's not possible. That's not the reality because your body will dry up because of the alcohol. Yeah. So like, uh, what is that show? If, if it was up to me, I'd smoke weed instead of drink. <laughs> yeah, just this fucking time. But yeah, Riverdale's like this uh, show that's based off the old Archie comics, and it's nothing like the Archie comics at all. It's it's a butch butcherization. It's fucking terrible. Archie is like one of the um, major influences on me too. So it sucks that they got a butchered version. There. It's fucking ridiculous. I mean, this is my opinion, but it it I, it's so bad. It's probably the worst thing I've ever seen on TV ever, and it's popular, which says a lot. My it, sister likes it. It's it's just sex, drugs, danger, gangs. They have, they have a season where they're like Lee, and then it's just they're drinking constantly. They're supposed to be in high school, and they're like drinking and smoking and doing all kinds of stuff, and they're supposed to be like beautiful the whole time, but they're it's. In pop, like, it's not how it would be. Mm. Like, you'd be just miserable doing all that stuff all the time. No, uh, yeah. It's about facing a false status, you mm -hmm. know? I used to party really hard, and it was almost like, oh, they, they rapped about doing this, or they sung about doing this. Mm -hmm. And, like, I realized, like, there's no way they could have kept their career and did stuff to this. Yeah, all the time really partying and shit? Because it... It took me to a crazy path, and I had to realize, like, it's impossible to be productive. You can't obtain anything <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Like, you can't make it anywhere in life. It's supposed to be something you do every once in a while for fun, for a reason. <laughs> it's not a lifestyle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, yeah you can't take ecstasy every day. <laughs>
<laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, so I was just going over how the kids were mean. They're just mean as shit to each other these days and because of it. And uh, there's also another extent to that that's a little weird where, like, uh, older people our generation are coming out about, like, light bullying. They're like, oh, there shouldn't be anything. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying bullying is, is, is uh, acceptable, but they're basically saying, like, uh, they barely got anything, and they're like, oh, man, I was really hurt, and it almost really affected me. And I'm just like, mm, you're kind of just uh, being a wimp in my opinion at that point. Yeah, a little bit's okay. Like, yeah. But, like, I mean, if you're, like, making threats to someone or, like, yeah. just... Terror. Yeah, there, there's a difference. In there's like a scale. I feel like there's a scale that it's this, and uh, things are getting like things get polarized. Yeah, there's terrorizing, and there's just being a jackass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's okay to be a jackass. Everyone's okay to be it's playful. It's not that bad in my opinion. That that's what I choose yeah. in my life. You know, some of my friends and us, we you know curse each other out jokingly or say you know offensive things to each other privately that I think are okay. Now some people aren't going to agree with that. And that's political, so I won't go anymore. Yeah, but if you have someone living in fear, that's mm -hmm. that's just horrible. Yeah, but yeah, these, these kids, man, they just have us. They're overly coddled. They're they're and then uh, oh, that's what I wanted to go over the phone thing. So parents are giving their children these phones and this technology, and they're like, that's they're actually defending that that's good parenting. If you didn't know, they're like, there's a bunch of articles out that are saying kids are going to be fine, even though we just gave them a phone their whole life. Well, naturally, they would uh, oh, our say that it's a good thing because they want those kids to read their articles. Well, <laughs> here's the thing: they want they want to believe that it's okay because they're doing it. I guess so. The same people who are doing it are like, I have to come up with a good enough defense now to to defend up the fact that I'm a shitty parent, in my opinion. You know? Oh. Uh, our neighbor tried to, uh, which was uh, one of our, uh, our daughter's friends' parents, was like, "Oh man, let's add a line to our plan to give your daughter a phone." I was like, "No, hmm. no, like we got a house phone, mm -hmm. and if someone needs to talk to her, then call her parents' phone." Yeah, that that she she don't need one, like. And it, and it was different than when we got phones as a kid. Our phone, I don't know how you, old you are, but I'm 32. My phone wasn't a smartphone. Okay. It was Snake. It didn't even have a camera. Well, the Razor did. I, had I got in my senior year. I had a flip phone for a really long time. Uh, I didn't buy a smartphone until a couple of years back, actually. I got my first one. This is actually my first uh, smartphone. I still have it. This is the PS6. Whenever... Whenever the S7 came out, that's how long ago I got this phone. Because I got this, and then a week later they came out with the S7. It pissed me off. It was me too. <laughs> but, 2012 was when I first got into that stuff. But, so that means I owned phones for six or seven years before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a flip phone. I uh, got one when I was 18. I didn't get a car until I was 18 too. 17, I got a car. Uh, I was 21, I think. No way, 20. I was either 20 or 21. Uh, I got my first car when I worked offshore. I was uh, going to make the point, too, that these kids that are being uh, given this technology and not being parented who are going to be really shitty, um, they're going to be shitty to the kids that were raised right, and those kids that were raised right are going to have to battle even harder to maintain what the good parents did because yeah. they have influences from all these shitty parents, shitty kids, constantly berating them to do how uh, things the way they're doing or to change into how these shitty kids are, basically. So it's going to be even harder for, for my daughter and your children to get by because there's going to be these influences that are even stronger than the influences we had as children. Yeah, because the peer is always going to get more of an effect mm -hmm. if they spend more time with their peers than their parents. I remember when I was uh, 15, 
Uh, that was when I first got on the forums and everything. It was Smash Boards, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of elitists on there. And, shit, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I got suckered into it. Like, I wanted to appease the elite, and I wanted to... I wanted to be part of the club and all that yeah. stuff, you know, I wanted to be part of the upper crust, so that affected how I interacted with people online, how I conducted myself, and I think that did have an influence over how I uh, grew up, you know. Yeah, so, it's, it's like these kids are going to be the few that didn't have and, smartphones. And, and that, that was when I was 15, so imagine if, I mean, the, you get like a fucking smartphone or something in elementary school yeah. or some shit, like you... You're already getting exposed to this type of mentality, mm -hmm. and you're a lot more influential, or easily influenced, I should say, when you're younger. Mm -hmm. So you get into this mentality, and once you get that ingrained into your head, it's hard to undo that, yeah. it's especially when you're super young. If you're super young and you get this mentality ingrained to you, it could take decades to undo that. Well, you're saying that they get smartphones when they're in middle school. Imagine you're the one kid without a smartphone. You know, you get You'll bullied. be isolated. You're getting bullied because of it. Now you're alone because of it. Yeah. Uh, that, that, when he mentioned that earlier that uh, he doesn't give his any smartphones, I agree with it, but at the same time I was thinking in the back of my head, I was like, man, I, they're going to get alienated too, though. So, my kids will whoop someone's ass. <laughs> well, that's good then. If, as long as they ain't taking shit from anybody. But like, if they're, they're independent, it's good. Yeah, yeah they're they're not followers. They're mm -hmm. kind of whatever. But if they like something, like, my daughter's it's, it's super creative. Mm -hmm. It sucks because it's a catch twenty two. It's like your kids are either gonna get alienated and not be able to fit in, or they're gonna be exposed to this horribly. Like this horrible influence. Yeah. Now they they'll find ways around it here and there. Like they might get the iPad here and there. But what we learned the trick with that is is if you use the same Apple ID that's like linked to the phone, mm -hmm. you you can still somewhat like monitor the message. You can somewhat see what they're downloading and not yeah, downloading. Man, I got amount of time a day. It's okay, I think. Yeah. You can't underestimate. You can't underestimate kids, though, man. They might be able to figure out how to get around all that shit. You know. I mean, but it, it all goes back to I think. I mean, when I was a kid, I had AOL Instant Messenger, so I mean, we had ways to chat, but if we weren't posting pictures, you know, and selfies, this and that, uh, and you, people couldn't just look you up. You had to like straight up like see someone at school, be like, "This is my name," like. And yeah. MySpace didn't come out until I was a senior, and that like revolutionized the game because if there was someone you wanted to holler at that you haven't seen in yeah. seven years, you're like, oh, they're on MySpace. I remember uh, that's when the world ended. I remember <laughs> something that occurred to me, something that occurred to me recently that I didn't even think about. Um, this is more of like a new problem for like the newer generation, but back back when I was in high school, I was trying to, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was trying to elicit, you know, yeah. like uh, some sexy pics or whatever, from sexy texts or whatever from girls, but uh, when I thought about it in retrospect, um, technically that's child porn because they're under 18. I even though I'm getting trouble even though, for that. even though I'm the same, I was the same age as he him, was too. It's still sixteen. Yeah, you still get the charge for child porn. You almost so got indicted. This, 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 the current, the current generation, 
the current generation that would uh, be sending these sex pics or whatever to each other, now they have like a heightened chance of getting these criminal charges. Yeah, yeah. A poor freshman in high school mm -hmm. sends another freshman in high school nudes, mm -hmm. and someone the laws find out that's fed charges. That's child porn. Jeez. Like, yeah, and, and you get onto a registry and all that shit, man, forever. But you know what? I've heard people revoking parole and going to prison for taking the whiz outside. It's not like the glory days where you could just go pee on the side of a gas station when it was closed. Mm -hmm. You get caught peeing and you're on parole, you're going to prison. You get caught peeing and you're by school, you have to register as a sex offender. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, a, a man just can't whiz on a tree anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my wife place. told me that one day because I, I started, I was going to go pee on the tree. So you, you gotta be careful. The cops around, be a sex offender if a kid sees you or something. Damn. And I was like, I'll can't be anywhere near. I'll the for, <laughs> for kid like four football fields away, whips out his telescope <laughs> trying to see a star one night and accidentally. <laughs> got, oh god! He's got the zoom feature. Oh no! <laughs> Call the police. Hold on, I gotta zoom in. <laughs> all right, all right. I knew I was going there. Let's move on. We we talked that one to death. So, all right. Last question. Number four. Know your audience is a common saying amongst comedians. When it comes to everyday life, does knowing your audience and tailoring your tailoring yourself to their mindset mean you are attempting manipulation or playing your cards right? Um, Brown Bomber, you started off. It's both. It's absolutely both. Uh. When you're trying to work a audience, you're indeed manipulating them because you're trying to see what makes them tick. You're trying to see what makes them good. So, you're, I think you're playing your cards, but you're—I mean, you're—you're you're definitely trying to get in someone's mind a little bit if you're trying to get a laugh out of them. Yes. You're trying to get anything out of anybody. Now, I noticed like when I would do certain club uh, clubs, I did stand up comedy from. I don't know, I think 2011 to 2015, maybe the beginning of that 16. And uh, I realized with that, uh, you go into some clubs, like, alright, you go into like a super preppy club and you start joking about like some totally urban shit, nobody's gonna laugh, yeah. but you go to like the urban club, they're gonna laugh, but... Uh, I've learned, like, I had this one joke where, alright, like, Kenny said I have gold teeth, I dress semi-urban, uh, so podcast people know this. Alright, I was in a premier <laughs> club in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, okay. and that's where the Roll Tide goes down at. Yeah. So I made this joke about... Maybe if I were to wear these Columbiana shirts where the wind blows up my back and I drove a lifted truck and I had Salt Life stickers on the back and I would have joined a frat, maybe my life would be a lot better about now. I forgot the exact logistics of that joke, but I went into the shorter shorts and like the... Mainly it was about that shirt where the wind blew. Tim learned that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the PFGs, which I actually bought now, which goes back to question number one, the evolution mm -hmm. addressing. But yeah, so I used that joke and I was like at the prep year of club and 
I know it's not funny now because I didn't word it right. But then I went to this hood club one night mm -hmm. and I did this joke about snitching. And I was like, hey, if someone ever sells you fake drugs, you know, and you go down for it, just snitch on them. Because it's not really snitching, it's quality control. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And that had an uproar. Everyone lost it laughing. Yeah. Glory to the king. So, <laughs> it's, you know, knowing your crowd does matter. Yeah. But it's still manipulation to a degree if you do have to read Taylor based on who you're in front of because that means you're changing who you are mm -hmm. for someone else. So it's, it's both. Would, now would you say um, that you're tailoring yourself to them or would you say that you're just showing like a different part of your personality? Ah. Like, like that all of those parts of you are part of your whole personality. I guess it depends on... You're just on showing them more of one side. Depends on what you define yourself as. I think, I think it's fine. I, because I, I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree. I mean, it's true. You are showing them another aspect of you. Because, I mean, I really have thought. What if I would have done this? Like, would I have been further along in life? Like, if I would have, like, came like a regular old frat boy and graduated in four years and got out in 06 and then... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, instead of it being 2020 and still, like, trying to figure out what I want to do, like... A lot of them will never figure it out. Yeah, I've seen some uh, comedians say that they basically craft a character for their, uh, you know, routine or whatever. Like Colbert, for instance. I love that he, 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 His character is, like, somebody that's not him, you know. Especially on the Colbert Report, like, he crafted this... He kills John Stewart, uh, by the way. He crafted this character. Or if you, if you listen to, like, Chappelle's stand-up, just by the stories and how ridiculous the stories are, you can tell that this is bullshit. Like, this never happened, you know? Like, there was never a time where a hobo uh, hijacked the bus and started jacking off up and down the aisles and all that. Like, that, never, humor happened. Was, that never happened. I think I was there for that one. Chappelle's <laughs> humor was beautiful. Cause he but but it's, it's awesome, you know? Like, it's funny. He didn't care. Like, that was before everyone got all wimpy. Like, the black-white supremacists, like, that was hilarious. That was amazing. <laughs> that, that, I remember walking into that in my living room when I was, like, 16. I saw that, and I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Like, I couldn't stop laughing. Divorced is white. <laughs> because she lied. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's clearly not a racist, but he was just making fun of how dumb the whole situation is to begin with. Yeah, it's satire. It's not like he was agreeing with it. Yeah. He was just controversial, so. Yeah. But it was a good way. It made people think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say that um, I probably lean towards close to what David says, but it does kind of irk me when people hey, pretend man. to be... That's Brown Bomber. Sorry, I, I was the one. I don't care if I'm David. David the Brown Bomber. Um, I don't like when people twist who they are to um, appease someone else. It, it, it rubs me the wrong way, even visually seeing it or being around people. I like people that are true to themselves. Now, you can define that however you want, but pretty much who they believe they are. And uh, if you're becoming like kind of a social chameleon, then um, you're probably not the kind of person who wants to keep you around. <laughs> yeah, because it's fake. Yeah. Because so. I know people like that. And they're not going to listen, so 
they're all like telemarketers and salesmen. Mm -hmm. Every last one of them that I know yeah. has ended up being a salesman or a telemarketer. Yeah. I think uh, to a degree, if you're really good at it, you're a sociopath, isn't that the case? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they said that 10% uh, of CEOs are psychopaths, mm -hmm. even though they make up like a very small proportion of the population. Mm -hmm. Instead of channeling their uh, energy into like killing people, they just fuck people over in business. <laughs> so. I guess that's a better trade-off. <laughs> but I guess you know someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a conscience, so I'm not able. Yeah, that's pretty much why uh, sales didn't work for me, is I could sell myself and what I was selling, but then when I came down to asking for them to buy it, I sometimes have, I would have moral dilemmas with what I, they were I don't know. I, price. Yeah, if, like, if, I I'm being if I'm being completely upfront with them, and they still decide to buy it, I don't feel bad about it at all. Like, I remember John was telling me about how he used to sell Kirby vacuums, and that it was like $3,000 each. Mm -hmm. And they are good vacuums, but who the fuck pays $3,000 for a vacuum? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if these people really, you know, buy into it and they spend all that money on it, I don't feel sorry for them. Mm. So. I guess as CNO, you got like with me, if I sold something, I would really, really have to stand behind it. And yeah, that's how I felt. And I'd have to feel like everything's like 100% fair. Like, if I, I'm doing work for you, and you know, you try to overpay me, I'm not, I'm not designed, like, I don't know if that's the word, but I'm not designed to like, be able to take Way too much for something little. Like, I'll pick the leave and give it to me and you try to give me your life savings. I'm gonna feel bad about that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I put, I put <laughs> myself in a. I'm too sympathetic, right? Apathetic, whichever one it is where you put yourself in. Empathetic. Empathetic. Yeah, I'm too empathetic to be a salesman because I was trying to sell websites at one point and the guy wanted to charge, it was for like WordPress websites, which I could do. And he wanted to charge people almost like five grand for them. That's ridiculous. And, uh, Maybe like yeah, you can charge like 200 300 dollars. I can make one in less than hundred dollars. So <laughs> it was just ridiculous. And uh, I, I, that's what I was gonna say. If you would have said five hundred, I'd be like, well, that's a little bit pricey, but you know, yeah, that, you, that sounds normal at least. He would package it really nice. But five and, grand is way too much. Put out a good smile for people, but it was just, it was way too much money, and I, I didn't feel right about it. And even though I had a lot of people who wanted to, you know, like potentially buy from me, I could never ask them to to buy. Like, oh, are you going to buy today? I couldn't ask them that question because I felt too guilty. I never got to it. I yeah, know. I remember I've seen so those. It's like, if they came to you, maybe. Yeah, they were like, really, really about it, sure. But I, I might still feel a little bad, I guess. Well, he was like George Bush, and he's like, here's five grand. And you're like, huh, he's a millionaire. Yeah, thank you for the five grand, GB. We'll make a great website for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll maintain it. Yeah, exactly. They did all that, social media. I don't, I don't know if that's a company anymore. Um, we uh, went over all the questions, but we got a bonus question here. Hey man, well, I didn't get to add my opinion. Shit. Oh, I thought you uh, jumped in. <laughs> no. How do you feel? I, I, I added my opinion on a bunch of auxiliary topics. All right, well, go ahead, Big Red. What you got? Uh, I mean, I really don't have too much of an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why are you laughing? You were like, hold on, hold on, let me add hey, it to it. Um, go ahead, Matt. I don't, I don't have an opinion. I don't want to be disrespected. <laughs> I don't want to be but I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a comedian. Obviously, David probably has the uh, best opinion, like take on it because yeah, he actually did do comedic work. But 
Um, it applies to everything, though. I, I, I am a writer, and I do write, you know, some comedy, some degree of comedy, and I am interested in, like, getting more into the comedy and everything, and, uh, I've been trying to, like, figure out ways to make the jokes better and all that other stuff, because I feel like with, like, a lot of cartoons, um, people are just content with making, like, you know, something that's interesting but not funny. Like, I feel like a lot of cartoons are just, you know, like something to waste time doing, but you're not really, like, laughing or whatever throughout the whole thing, you know what I mean? And I kind of want to change that a little bit. I want, I want it to actually be, you know, uproarious throughout. And I know that's, it's impossible to, like, maintain that level, because, like, say, say Rick and Morty, for instance, they got a handful of episodes that'll have me, like, falling out laughing, and then most of the other ones are just easy to, like, go through or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're just whatever. They're just interesting, you know? I mean, you're not going to be able to have mass appeal to everyone. You might get most people. I, I don't know. Uh, and they, they just don't really seem, you know, super funny, you know? They're just interesting. It's just, like, some some story or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as for, like, the manipulation thing, I, I really don't know. I mean... I guess it depends on how you define manipulation. If you like tailoring it to suit somebody's taste, I feel like, you know, writing is a craft and comedy is a craft. Like uh, when you do like a stage performance or something like that, I feel like it's a uh, part of that craft. And for me, you're just developing a product to put out to entertain people. And so I don't really feel like it's necessarily deceptive or manipulative. I think you're just crafting a better product for people to enjoy. And if it, you know, if you manage to get more people to laugh at this, as opposed to, you know, if you're more, I don't know, authentic or whatever, showing more of yourself, I guess, then I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's a good take. But, you know, if you if if you do deviate too far from yourself, though, it'll probably be a lot more difficult to do. Mm -hmm. So, all right, last one. Alright. So that was the, the well, that was the last question we wrapped up there. But we have a bonus question that uh, I didn't think was quite uh, ver verbose enough. I'm glad I held your attention, David. To <laughs> Yeah, huh. yeah, my, my wife messaged me. So, uh, this bonus question, how seriously do you think people take themselves? And I know that's kind of vague, but you can elaborate on it however you want. Um, I'll, I'll start it off, I haven't started any of these off. I think people take themselves very seriously, uh, there's a lot of psychology to why they might in any given situation, but basically, people want to see themselves as, you know, the best in the room in one way or another. So they'll quantify themselves however they have to, to feel that way, and because of that kind of relation, they are going to take themselves seriously most of the time. Um, just because they want to feel good about who they are, who wants to feel bad about who they are constantly. So Absolutely. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I think everybody takes themselves super seriously. Like I said before this podcast, uh, I think even the people that you know, have a low opinion of themselves, take themselves seriously, because that low opinion of themselves wouldn't matter if they didn't take themselves seriously. And everybody is their own 
you know, everybody is the main character of their own life. So, and you know, you're the person you spend the most time with. It doesn't matter if there's like somebody glued to you 24-7, you're still the person that you spend the most time with. You're always with yourself. So I guess it's kind of inevitable for you to take yourself seriously. But uh, it, it is what it is. <laughs> I really don't have any like super deep opinion about it. I do feel like more people should try to like humble themselves more, but it's a, it's a tall task. It is. Years of work. I mean, one thing I've learned is whatever I might worry about someone thinking about me is never worth worrying about because they're probably too busy thinking about themselves to be thinking about me. That's very true. Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to realize that. I thought people were always plotting or scheming on what was it, me, it's, but it's they're really, not. It's really hard to court genuine interest from somebody else. Every time you're like in a conversation or something, I mean, most people are sitting there thinking about shit to themselves about <laughs> stuff that, I don't know, like how is this relevant to me or how can I apply this to something in my life or whatever. Like they're not actually interested in what that person is saying per se. They're kind of just applying it to themselves, you know. Yeah. I think it's uh, on a tangent. I think that's why it makes it so sweet when you're, when you have a wife or a girlfriend or whatever going on. When they notice something really, really tiny about you. Oh. I think that's really sweet because they have to step outside of themselves so much to see that, I think. They have to really, they have to really like you. So. Yeah, it's just kind of, and a, you know, a lot of that comes down to just like verbalizing your thoughts, you know. Oh, like people, I mean, I think we're all bad about it. I know I, I, I can do it too where you can listen to someone talking about really the whole time you're just thinking about what you're going to say. And I mean, Eric was right, it, 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 sorry. Professor Walsh. Professor, <laughs> professor, so he was right, like, it, it happens, like, you know, was, um, some people just think about what they're going to say when they're talking to someone else, instead of really listening to what the other person has to say, and I mean, it's, it, it, it's what what he was saying. This is about humility. You know, you gotta humble yourself sometimes. You gotta slow down and think about what the other person is saying because the other person might be going through something and they might be venting to you, and you might be the only person that will listen to them that day. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add, guys? Well, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, this is discussions with colors. Signing off. Uh, Professor Orange. Big Red Booty. Brown Bomber.